Thank you for tuning into today's episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. My name is Les. I am your host, and I'm honored to have you here. Today's episode is going to be a little bit more relaxed. It's going to be a solo episode with just me doing a little bit of a life update and answering some of your questions. It's been a while since I've done a Q&A episode. So many of you sent in wonderful questions, and we also have voice notes from some of you, so I'm really excited to feature your voices on this podcast. I feel like I do so much talking at you that it's nice to feel like I'm in conversation with you a little bit more. But before we dive into the Q&A, I wanted to just kind of catch up to give you all a little bit of insight into what's going on with me, what's going on with Balanced Black Girl, just kind of an update because we've been going full speed ahead this year. We started off with our Reframing the Reset series on the podcast, which was the most like listenership, engagement, excitement the podcast has ever gotten. So for everybody who tuned into the Reframing the Reset series, who shared it with your friends, who had nice things to say, thank you so much because that series really blew me away. Your reception to it, your reception to those conversations, particularly to the episode around cleaning and decluttering, y'all really took to that episode. That was probably the most successful episode we've ever had on the show. Also the most successful kind of social media content promoting an episode that we've ever had across all social media platforms. So it's been really, really helpful for me to see what resonates with you all. And I'm excited to continue bringing some of that content to you later in the year because it seems like you really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. And right now we just wrapped up our manifestation and inner magic series. And I really loved the manifestation and inner magic series. I felt like the conversations were just so rich. I had an opportunity to learn so much from the guests that we had and I will say it it did not have the performance that reframing the reset had. I think reframing the reset just resonated so deeply with more people. However, I'm really proud of the manifestation and inner magic series. I really enjoyed those conversations. I enjoyed bringing those conversations to you. And it was also a good learning for me to see what resonates with you, to see what doesn't resonate with you. We did a lot of testing of new types of content, also did testing of new types of ads. And so it was just a time of a lot of experimentation and I'm still trying to figure out what works. And you know, I would be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed that the reception to some of those things weren't a little bit higher. I did notice that when we tried testing having ads at the beginning of the episode, I noticed that that didn't uh, particularly do as well, which was uh, a little bit disappointing. I know ads probably aren't everyone's favorite, but they are really helpful for keeping things going here. But we also can't have ads that people don't listen to. And so I'm continuing to figure out how do I keep this thing going? How do I keep this thing sustaining and also keep you all here? And a lot of the questions that I got from you all were from aspiring podcasters and people who wanted to know a little bit more about podcasting. So I can definitely talk a little bit more about that when I answer those questions. But it was really interesting to have 
a series and to have a format that was a little bit more experimental and to just see that it had a little bit uh, different different results. And so it, w- it was good for me to see what resonated with you all. It was good for me to see things that maybe didn't resonate with you as much. So we probably are going to take a break from the more spiritual topics for a while and really get back to wellness. And the series that we'll be kicking off next week is very wellness focused. Um, we're going to be talking about fertility. We're going to be talking about mother Hood, birthing new ideas and just the idea of spring and new life and what that represents. And if you're listening to that series in real time, it'll be April 2022, which is also Black Maternal Health Month. We have Black Maternal Health Week happening right in the middle of the month, which is really important. And so I'm really, really looking forward to bringing those conversations to you. We've had some great guests, great interviews, just a lot of insight that hasn't happened on the podcast before. There have haven't really been conversations about motherhood. We've talked a bit about reproductive health in the past, kind of towards the very beginning of the podcast, but there's so much more to to talk about there that I'm excited to bring back to you all. So I think this next series is going to be one that you really want to make sure you tune into because we're having some very important conversations, particularly for Black folks who are interested in giving birth and ways that we can do so peacefully and in a healthy manner and protect ourselves and protect our families and their conversations that are just really, really important. Even if that's not necessarily in your plans for the time being, understanding your reproductive health and what your options are from a reproductive standpoint is so incredibly important. It's truly like a vital sign and it's a big part of understanding your health. And so I'm really excited to kick off that series next week. And that series was actually going to kick off this week, but I wanted to take a little bit of a breather and have a little bit of time to just catch up with you I haven't done as many solo episodes lately as I was doing towards the end of last year. And so I wanted to just take a breather, keep it light, hang out with you, chat a little bit. And that's what we're going to do today. So as far as life updates from me, y'all, I've been going through it. (laughs) I will be so honest with you. I have been really, really going through it. It, for me personally, has been a season of a lot of transition as I'm figuring out what I want out of my life and where I want to be and who I want to be. I'm beginning to understand that there are definitely some changes that need to take place, and I'm beginning to map out what that's going to look like for me potential relocations in the next year, beginning new relationships and figuring out how that works with this lifestyle that I've built for myself that is very much centered around my independence and doing everything on my own. It has just been a time for a lot of transition and a lot of deep reflection And frankly, a lot of me really wanting to invest more in relationships than I had in the past. And then I've also been going through it from a business standpoint, y'all. Really, really going through it. It has been a really volatile year for Balanced Black Girl in terms of high highs and low lows and sharp periods of growth and then periods of, you know, decline if I'm being fully transparent with you. 
that have been really, really difficult to navigate those ups and downs and that kind of volatility that comes with creating content. And I've had to learn how to walk away a little bit and how to not be so metrics driven and how to not obsess over numbers the way that I would like to. And I've had to put some separation between myself and the performance of things a bit for my own well-being and for my own sanity. Because as much as I don't believe in comparison, sometimes it's hard to not compare yourself to other people. And when I see people who have all of these resources and teams and all of this support and all of this press and all of this stuff, you know, network podcasts like handed to them and all of these opportunities, and I'm still, you know, struggling. (laughs) I shouldn't say struggling, but, uh, you know, I'm still here learning some very hard lessons and, you know, all the years that I put into this and all of the time that I put into this to be a skilled podcaster and to learn how to facilitate conversations and to learn how to interview people in a meaningful way to feel like that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because of the resources that I don't have or because of the connections that I don't have or the support that I don't have has been really disheartening. And having built this on my own for as long as I have, I am definitely reaching a point where I'm I'm tired. I'm tired of of wearing all the hats. And so I'm figuring out like how how do I bring in support and what does support look like when you don't have a ton of resources? A classic challenge of of anyone who has a business, right? That that we know all too well. And so I'm also navigating that and I'm also navigating what is going to be best for me in all of this. Does it make sense to continue doing what I've been doing? Does it make sense to continue podcasting? Does it make sense to continue creating content? There are some days where I'm not so sure. And I'm asking myself some of those really tough questions right now and doing a lot of reflecting and trying to give myself a lot of space to figure out the answers to that. Because I, I will be fully transparent, the rate that I have been going and as much of myself that I've been putting into all of this from an effort resource time standpoint is really unsustainable. And so I'm in need of some major shifts in terms of how much I put into this and what the resources that go into this look like. And so I don't know what the final result of that is going to be, but... I'm going through those motions right now and I'm feeling the strain and the challenge of that. And I was definitely not trying to sit here and have this be a Debbie Downer episode, but you know, I also want to be really honest with you about where I'm at and about how I'm feeling and why the energy that I bring to this space might be a certain way because I do think that as creators, sometimes we can do a disservice acting like everything is rainbows and butterflies and free stuff and spawn con and not talk about the challenges of it too. And so I really want to be more transparent with the challenges that come from being a part of this space in addition to the good stuff because there is good stuff too but there's different seasons. And I think we're all different and we approach this work so differently. And 
I think it's just all about figuring out what works best for you. Like I said, we have a lot of aspiring podcasters who submitted questions, so we can get into that. But I want to pick up the the energy a little bit because I feel like it got a little bit down. And actually, one of my goals for this podcast while I'm doing it is to make it a little bit more fun <laughs> and to have a little bit more personality. So y'all may not know this about me unless you know me personally, which some people who know me personally listen, but most don't, (laughs) Uh, is that I actually am a pretty lighthearted person and that humor is very, very important to me. And most of the time when I'm communicating with people in real time, there's a lot of jokes, there's a lot of humor, there's a lot of laughing. It's very important for me in how I communicate with others and in my relationships but you wouldn't necessarily know that listening to the podcast because the podcast is a little bit more serious and a little bit more stuffy than I am. And I feel like the persona that I put on when I come to the podcast is a little bit more serious and a little bit more stuffy than I really am. And I think part of that is because I want to be professional and I want to present myself as someone who is poised and qualified to facilitate conversation. And sometimes we talk about hard stuff, right? We talk about healing and we talk about trauma and we talk about things that are heavy, but I don't want to only talk about things that are heavy. And I don't want to only, you know, go down those roads because there's also a lot of healing that happens through laughter. And sometimes it is fun to just have a lighthearted conversation. Like you're able to laugh with your friends a little bit more. And that's something that I think has been really missing from Balanced Black Girl outside of, you know, the occasional episode here and there. And I want more of that. I want that to more so be the norm in this space because I think that's more authentic to who I am and how I communicate with people in real life. That's more in line with what I like to hear. And I think that wellness can be fun and it can be enjoyable. And I think that we can heal through having a sense of joy as well. I think a lot of us are very familiar with the plights and with the oppressions and with the traumas. And that's not to discount those things, but it's to say that I don't think I'm telling you anything that you don't know when it comes to the ways that we are oppressed and experience things because we're all experiencing it in our own ways. And so if we can find joy together, I actually think that that can be a really beautiful way to find our balance together. So I'm going to feel out what that looks like. I don't know if I feel fully comfortable just flat out cracking jokes on air yet, because then I feel like, well, if they don't land, that's awkward. And I also know that my humor can be a little bit sarcastic. And I feel like with sarcasm, you have to toe a fine line. Like I don't want to offend people if they don't get it yet. So I'm trying to ease you into it so that you know we can get there together. I'm not going to go from zero to 100 with cracking jokes, but just know they're coming and the sense of humor is coming. And I hope you are with me on that. So that is my life update, where I'm at, where Balanced Black Girl is at, what's going on for this current time period. But I'm ready to bring you on in here and to start answering some of your questions. So I have some questions that were sent in via voice note. So excited to feature your voices. Some questions that were sent in via Instagram. So I'm going to start off with the questions that were sent in via voice notes so that we can 
have conversations so that we can hear your beautiful voices. And then towards the end, we will get to the questions that were submitted on Instagram. So let's get into the live questions. Hi, Les. I am a 15-year-old girl who is really interested in self-development. And I wanted to know how to kind of regain consistency after falling off of being consistent. Um, Because I found that to be one of the most difficult parts of my self-development journey is kind of getting back on track and into the swing of things after maybe like a big life event happens or occurs and I kind of like lost my motivation for a little bit and how to kind of regain that. I'd really like to know your input on just regaining consistency in general. I love you, by the way, and your podcast. Thank you so much, honey. I love you and I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you submitting your question. First of all, the fact that you're 15 and listening to podcasts and interested in self-development is such a beautiful beautiful thing. I wish that I was on that wave when I was I was 15, but I think that that's that's really amazing that you're already off to a really great start when it comes to implementing incredible habits. And I just want you to know that it is completely normal to have your habits waver, to have your feelings of motivation kind of go in and out. I actually think that there's a lot of importance when it comes to seasons in personal development. I don't think that we are always meant to be kind of pushing the gas pedal in terms of self-improvement all the time. I think that there can be seasons where there are habits that we are working towards, or maybe a time where we are maybe reading a bit more personal development and seeking out new skills. And then I also think it's really important that we have time after that for application, for practice, for implementation, and for rest. And it's really hard to implement things and to apply things when you're constantly consuming them or when you're constantly kind of pushing yourself to do more and to be better. So if you're finding yourself having a hard time being consistent, it could be your body's way of trying to kind of help you ebb and flow a little bit more of trying to give you downtime to let what you're learning soak in so that you can reflect and apply and move forward with it. So I don't want you to feel like you need to be on with development all the time. I don't think anybody needs to be on with development all the time. And especially with you being 15, being so young, you have so much of life ahead of you that I don't want you to put that pressure on yourself to feel like you need to have everything perfectly dialed in right now. Because I also think as you continue to navigate life, life experience is really going to help you do that in a lot of ways. So I really encourage you to take more of a seasonal approach with it. Have seasons where maybe you're focused on certain skills that you want to learn or certain habits that you want to implement. And then after you kind of go through that season, have some town time to let yourself reflect on that, reflect on what you've learned, really think about ways that you can apply it in your life, give yourself time to slowly acclimate to those new habits. And when you are ready to jump into maybe a season of learning and kind of a season of development, I definitely recommend starting with one habit or ritual at a time. So whether that is, you know, maybe wanting to read more or wanting to move your body more or implementing something like a meditation practice, when you're wanting to get back in the swing of things, I find that it really helps to start with just one thing and have that one thing fit into your day as naturally as possible. 
So let's say, for example, you're having a hard time meditating, but you're really good about taking your daily walks. Well, maybe because walking is already a habit for you, maybe you can start listening to guided meditations on your walk because that's something that you're going to do anyway, and it's something that will get you back in the habit of that meditation practice but it's not going to require a ton of labor on your end to start implementing that habit. Does that make sense? So if you are looking to get back in the swing of things, I really recommend starting with just one habit at a time that you want to acclimate into your routine. And from there, you can then start stacking, habit stacking. So we talked about this a little bit in Reframing the Reset, but I'm happy to talk about it more. Habit stacking is essentially when you group habits together. So if you have a new habit you want to start, you tack it onto something you're already doing. We kind of went through an example of that just now with the walking meditation example. So if, you know, maybe you have a period of time where you get ready at the same time every day before you go to school, maybe if you want to add a bit more personal development during that time, you can use that time to listen to your favorite podcast or your favorite audiobook during that time that you would already be getting ready, right? Or if you like to have social media time where maybe you catch up on your TikTok, so you catch up on what's going on on Instagram, maybe you can do that like while you're on a walk to kind of stack those two habits together. Like you're probably going to spend some time on social media anyway and combine it with movement to help you out in that regard. So you can start looking at ways you can start kind of implementing one habit at a time, integrating it into things that you're already doing and slowly start acclimating until you rebuild that routine. But I really, I promise you, it is totally okay to have times where you are feeling a little bit more inconsistent. And I don't want you to be too hard on yourself about that if you are having one of those seasons. I promise it's okay. Thank you so much for submitting the great question. All right. So we are going to go to our next question Any advice for aspiring podcasters? Direct to the point. I love it. I mean, yes, honey, I have lots of advice for aspiring podcasters. I wish I could ask you for more information. I would love to know maybe where in the aspiring podcaster journey are you? Like, do you already have an idea of a show that you want to launch and you just need to do it? Or do you know that you really love podcasts and you're super interested in hosting a podcast, but maybe you haven't fleshed out that idea yet? Or, you know, I, I wish I could contact you directly and ask you just more clarifying questions so I can give you more direct advice. But I can also just give some general advice to cover maybe all of the above. So I think for somebody who's interested in podcasting, but maybe hasn't figured out their show idea yet, my advice would be to get super clear on what your message is. So there are a lot of podcasts out there and that's not to discourage anybody, you know, a lot of times when people are talking to content creators or aspiring content creators, they try to scare them off by saying, you know, the market's saturated. Lots of things are saturated. That doesn't mean that you can't do it and that you can't find your people and build a great community around it. I think you totally can. And I would love to see more Black women of all ages podcasting because I think we are so self-aware. We are so thoughtful. And we have dope things to say, and I would love to be able to hear more of it. So I'm always going to encourage us to start podcasts. I don't care how saturated the space is. There's space for you, and there are people who want to hear from you. But 
before you get there, you need to get really clear on what your message is. And I think that that's a misstep that aspiring podcasters forget. I think people sometimes like the idea of podcasting, or they may have an idea for a show, but they don't necessarily flush out what their key message is, right? What is it that you want to say? And why is it important that that message comes from you? What is the unique perspective that you have? The next thing that's really important to get clear on is who do you want to listen, right? Now that you know what your message is, who needs to hear it? Who do you want to say that message to? And how can you make sure you convey that message in a way that they would want to listen? Sometimes for new podcasters, it can be very tempting to just kind of get in your own head and get in your own space and make it all about you. But if you want people to listen, they need to feel included. The podcast needs to also feel like it's about them so that they're engaged and they want to be a part of what you've got going on. So I would get super clear on who your ideal listeners are, who it is you want to help or connect with or entertain. Again, it depends on the the genre of your podcast and get super clear on why they would want to listen to you. And I think that the intersection of those answers of what do you want to say, who do you want to say it to, and why would they want to listen, that intersection should really be the basis of your podcast. That should be your strategy that drives what the episodes are about. And I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to really focus on who your listeners are, what your listeners are going through, and what your listeners want to hear. My goal, usually when I'm creating content for Balanced Black Girls, specifically for the interview episodes, is when I'm preparing interviews, I'm thinking, okay, if my ideal listener, I have actually a listener avatar, her name is Zoe. If Zoe were sitting here having a conversation with this guest, what would Zoe want to know? What would she ask? And my goal in doing that is I want someone to listen to the podcast episode and to be like, oh, that's exactly what I was thinking. And they just addressed it. Or that's what I've been struggling with. And they just gave me a solution to my problem. Or they just gave me the advice that I needed without me even needing to ask. And that's what helps people really connect with what you're saying and want to come back for more and share it with their friends. Because when it comes to growing a podcast, It's pretty hard. It's not like a social media platform where there is an algorithm where you can just put out a certain amount of content and eventually people will see it. When it comes to podcasting, there is an organic growth factor and people sharing your work with their friends or recommending it to others is actually really, really important when it comes to getting new listeners. So when you're able to create content to have conversations that your listeners are really interested in and want to share with their friends, that's how you can really build a community. Again, that is more relevant if you are interested in growing a podcast. Also, if you're interested in growing your podcast, I would say consistency is incredibly important because we can't release an episode one week and then ghost our listeners for a month and then have episodes two weeks in a row and then ghost them for another month. So also as you're putting your podcast together, I want you to really think about a schedule that truly works for you and what you can be consistent doing. For a very long time with this podcast, I did an episode every other week because that was what worked best for me. 
Now I have a better production flow and it is easier for me to do uh, one episode a week because I now batch them and I'm not necessarily sitting down to record. I'm, I'm usually not recording just a week before something goes live for most episodes. But the gag is for this episode, that is that is exactly what I'm doing. But it's because it's a Q&A episode and it's more organic. <laughs> I'm telling, I'm just told you not to do the thing that I'm literally sitting here doing right now. But normally I like to batch episodes a little bit further in advance so that I can be really consistent with coming out with those episodes every week. But if you want to come out with an episode every other week, that totally works. Just being super consistent so that your audience knows where to find you. And then the last and probably best piece of advice I could give, and it's going to sound so annoying, would be to just start. And I know it's so annoying when people say that, but I promise you, you have to just get started. Just get started with whatever idea you have, whatever microphone you can afford, Whatever you've got right now is all that you need and to just put it out there so that you can make it better. Because if you wait to have the perfect idea, if you wait to have the perfect mic or the perfect studio or whatever, you're far more likely to not do it. And it's going to take too long and you could easily get yourself distracted. And it's very easy to talk yourself out of it if you're trying to make it perfect. So I recommend just putting it out there and improving as you go. Okay. So I want to kind of recap there because I covered a lot of things. So first piece of advice for aspiring podcasters, get super clear on what your message is, get super clear on who your listener is, and really figure out how to deliver that message in a way that they want to listen to. And that is going to be your strategy for driving your show. Other thing I would say, consistency is super important. So find a schedule, stick with it. And then the last thing, most important, most annoying, because I used to hate when people said this too, but it's true, is to just get started and let yourself get better as you go. All right, we're going to move on to our next question. Hi, Liz. My name is Kiana. I just want to start this off by saying I love what you're doing with Balanced Black Girl. I love the space that you create for Black women that we really don't get to have on the day-to-day basis and in our lives. I just also wanted to ask you, how do you find time to create a self-care ritual when you work? Like I work a corporate job, like nine to five, Monday through Friday. And when I get off work, I just want to watch TV and relax. But I also am a full-time entrepreneur. Like I have goals that I want to reach. I have businesses that I want to create and I still want to get a college degree. And it always feels so overwhelming that I'm not accomplishing these goals because I have this nine to five that I have to make top priority kind of because I want them to know like I'm here for the business and I want the money. But at the same time, I just feel like sometimes my heart isn't in it. And I have my family telling me, put my heart into it or put my heart into what's best for me, but I'm having a hard time figuring that out. What would you recommend? Thanks. Bye. Oh, Kiana, thank you so much for that question. And also just for the the kind words, I appreciate you listening and I, I appreciate you submitting this question to me and I can relate so much to what you're saying in terms of having different goals that you want to reach and working full time and having a business and figuring out how to take care of yourself 
while you're working towards all these things, I'm still in that same boat. Like I also have a nine to five while I do all of this. And so I, I hear you. I definitely hear you. So I want to kind of break this down into a couple of, of different areas because there were kind of a few different parts to your question. So I want to start off with the first part uh, where you talked about just finding space to take care of yourself. And that can be really, really hard when you have a packed schedule and when you have all of these different priorities. And I think it depends on who you are, on what you need, on where you're at. So for me, something that has been really helpful my entire career is my true self-care dedicated time is in the morning, but I also look for ways to incorporate small pockets of care throughout my day. So I've talked a lot about my morning routine. Everyone's probably sick of hearing about it, (laughs) but I've been doing it for a decade because it it works and it has been what has really kept me grounded and able to do a lot of the things that I've done is just having that dedicated time to ground, to get centered before I start doing everything else in the day. Because it sounds like we have kind of similar situations going on in terms of the structure of our lives. And so for me, usually what that looks like is meditation, journaling, reading, and sometimes movement in the mornings. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. Usually for me, all of that total can take anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes, depending on how much time that I have in the mornings. Uh, But that for me has been the way I've been able to be most consistent with taking care of myself while also managing a job and a business and wanting to achieve these different goals. And for you, maybe that's just 10 minutes just to get your thoughts down in your journal of what your intentions are for the day. Or maybe that's just 10 minutes to listen to a guided meditation or to make a cup of tea in the morning and just slowly sip it before you head into work and head into a hectic day. You do not have to spend an hour doing all of the things. But I do think that when you're able to just start your day with a few moments of getting really centered and grounding into yourself and setting intentions, it can be really, really helpful for you. And then throughout the day, if there are times that you can take breaks, whether you are able to get take a little bit of time, maybe away from your desk or away from your work area to just get a little bit of a walk or to get a little bit of fresh air. Again, even if it's just for a few minutes, those are the things that can really help you. I mean, I know I've been that person who when I worked on the first floor, I would take all my bathroom breaks on the third floor just to give myself a little bit more time to like walk up there and walk back down and more time to decompress. Little things like that that can just help us carve out a little bit more headspace for ourselves can go a really, really long way. So I encourage you, if you can, add a little bit of you time to your mornings, even if it's just a few minutes. And if you can also try to find little pockets of of you time throughout the day to just kind of get realigned with yourself, I think it'll go a really long way. Now, the other thing I want to say, I'm very curious what your human design type is um, because I was getting manifesting generator vibes just from you being multi-passionate and having these different goals that you want to reach and being interested in these different things. I'm also a manifesting generator. I feel like we just have a lot in common, so I'm so glad you asked this question. And sometimes it can be really hard when we have a lot of things that we want to achieve or a lot of different things that we're involved in. 
it can be hard to stay centered and to prioritize. And so the first thing I want to say is that you can do anything, but you can't do everything all at once. Okay. So as a multi-passionate person, I've really learned the importance of having seasons of focus. So the seasons at work that are really busy for me, that, you know, I have big projects happening or my team needs a lot of support, or it's just really time for more of my energy to go there. I'm not going as hard with the podcast and content creation and all of those things. I'm just not because I can't do both and give both justice and still pour into myself. And, you know, there are also times and it depends on your work, right? We also have seasons where things may slow down at at our jobs. And during that time, maybe you can kind of just do what you need to do to keep going and then you can focus a little bit more on your business. So I really encourage you to look at what your seasons of focus are to see if there's any kind of natural seasonality built into both your business and your job. Are there seasons that you maybe have peak season where there's a lot of sales and a lot more things going on that you need to pay attention to? And then are there seasons of downtime where maybe you can shift your focus elsewhere so that you can not feel as burnt out? Because you can't give 100% to these things all the time. And you have a lot on your plate. You mentioned working full-time and being an entrepreneur and wanting to go back to school. And those are all incredible things. And you can do all of those things, but you can't give 100% of yourself to all of those things at the same time. There will come a point where you will have to focus on something a little bit more. And it's okay to kind of do what you need to do in the other areas to keep them afloat while you give your energy towards whatever that main goal is at that time. So it sounds like you're super ambitious. You have amazing goals that you want to reach. I have no doubt that you can reach them. I know you can, but I really recommend you sitting down and mapping out what all of the goals are that you want to reach maybe looking at just one to two that are the most kind of low-hanging fruit and achievable for you where you're at right now so that you can just start getting some wins and break down the direct steps that you can take to get there. Sometimes when we have these goals that are so overarching, it can feel really overwhelming when it's like, how am I even going to get there from where I'm at? But if you can just map out the next step you can take and then the next step and the next step, it's going to make it so much more achievable. And it's okay to save some things for later if now is just not the time. So if at your job right now, it is really busy and it's demanding of you, it just may not be the time to focus heavily on your business. And that's okay. That is okay. It doesn't mean that you aren't capable. It doesn't mean that you are not a successful entrepreneur because you still absolutely can be. But if that's what you're doing to kind of keep yourself afloat and to make sure your basic needs are taken care of, then it's okay to devote your energy there. I also do want to touch on what you mentioned about just having people in your life saying, you know, you should really prioritize your job. And again, I don't, I don't know what your job is. I don't know what your business is and kind of what that looks like, but. I think it's okay if your heart isn't in your job. And that may be an unpopular opinion. I never tell people to quit their jobs. I haven't quit my job and I don't plan on it because I think it's important that our basic needs be met. And for most of us, we work jobs to make sure our basic needs are met. And I think that that is very, very important. So I am not the person who's going to tell you to go jump and 
do something outlandish by any means. But I also think it's okay if you have a job that your heart's not in and you go do the job and leave and do what it is that you want to do. I think that's okay. And I think it's okay that your heart isn't in your job because your heart can only be split in so many different directions. Um, And I wouldn't put too much pressure on yourself to feel like you need to love what it is that you're doing to make sure your, your needs are met. Now it's good if you don't hate it. I don't want you to hate it. Right. But you know, if it's a place that you go to do what you need to do to fund the other things that you've got going on, I think that's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In fact, I think for some people, it could potentially be healthier (laughs) than having an obsession with a job and letting it destroy your health. So that's what I would say. I would really recommend on implementing seasons of focus, getting really clear on what your goals are. This is perfect timing. As we're heading into Q2, think about what your achievable next steps could be towards reaching your goals from April to July, right? That's that's the quarter we're walking into. What are really achievable steps that can get you one step further for whatever that top priority is? You can focus more of your creative energy on that and then everything else you can kind of hold steady and do the best you can to keep it going. And there's also nothing wrong with getting home from work and decompressing and watching TV because that can be self-care too. But I think when you get to the point where you can maybe prioritize, maybe one to two really achievable goals, break down the steps and not put pressure on yourself to go 100 at everything, I think that that would really help you. And if I were you, that would be the approach that I would take. And we sound very similar and that is the approach that I personally take. So I hope that that helps. Okay, we're going to go to our next question. I love having the voice notes from you all. It makes me feel like a DJ and like a radio, a radio VJ. All right, our next question. Hi there, I hope you're doing well. I just wanted to ask, how do I deal with negative energy in my household? I feel like every time I walk in, I am drained by this pressure on me. This feeling of not wanting to be here as much anymore. And it's pretty hard considering I live here. So I just wanted to know any tips or tricks on how to cleanse my area or how to deal with people who are not that good for your mental health, but you still have to live it. Mm, oh, honey. Oh, I wish I could give you a hug. And I also... I really hope that you are safe. I don't want to make any assumptions, but I just want to thank you so much for submitting this question. And I also really, really hope that um, you are safe where you are. Um, I also don't know how old you are, but you sound pretty young. So I don't know if you know, you're living with family or friends or roommates, um, but I do, I do hope you're, you're safe. And I also can definitely relate to what you're saying. I have, I've definitely had living spaces that had just really heavy energy. There have been times where I have been living with people who have had negative energy. And there have been times where I've been the person in our living space who probably is the one carrying a lot of negative energy myself. I've, I've been on both sides, particularly when living with roommates. But I think, you know, 
when you do share a space, it is really hard to have the energies of others that don't align with your energy. So I hear you. I'm not sure if you have your own room or your own space or even, you know, whether or not your own space is a full room or a section of a room, uh, but I really recommend tending to that space that is yours as much as you can. So if you're able to, you know, have windows open at points during the day to just really let air or uh, air circulate and get some of that energy out. I also know sweeping your space back to front really helps kind of move that energy out. Um, and then also just really tending to your space by minimizing clutter so that there are fewer kind of spaces and things for that energy to cling on to and to hide in. And also, you know, when we did that episode on clutter a few months ago, talked a lot about kind of the mental impacts of clutter and things in our space and just the heaviness of that. And so if you're already in a space where there are really heavy energies there, just making sure that you can kind of declutter as much as you can so that you don't then feel anxious and overwhelmed by stuff on top of that can hopefully help bring a bit of clarity. Also, when I've had difficult living situations, those were the times I really went all in on my mindfulness practices because when we share space with other people, it is so hard to kind of practice quality control of the energies in that space. But the space that you hold within yourself can still be as peaceful as possible while you're in this living situation because it's not forever. And at some point, you know, I really, really hope that you are able to get into a living situation that works better for you and is more aligned with you. Um, but the space that you have within yourself is truly the only thing that you can control. And so really giving yourself time to find a sense of centered and calm from where you're at as best as you can to keep yourself as grounded as possible and find that sense of safety and groundedness and rootedness as possible can be really, really helpful while you're still in this living situation until you are able to move into a different living situation, depending on, you know, how old you are and where you're at and what your circumstances are. And then also depending on the situation and depending on the relationship that you have with the people you live with, you could also try starting to initiate conversations about it, just about some of the ways that you have been feeling and some of the ways that you have been impacted. Um, if you think that, you know, that could lead to a productive conversation and if not, that's okay. Definitely don't have to, but it is a suggestion um, to just start thinking through maybe ways that you can talk about that with the people you live with so that you can kind of move forward together if that seems like it could be well received. But if not, I would really, really focus on tending to the areas of the space that are yours. So just keep it as clean and as clear as possible and really dialing in on your mindfulness practices to, um, to really find that sense of groundedness and sense of safety within yourself. There are also practices, indigenous practices, such as smudging. Um, you know, a lot of people will burn things like sage, although I don't believe that that is necessarily recommended because it is often not harvested sustainably or ethically. 
But if you wanted to do a smudging ritual, you could also use uh, very simple herbs such as bay leaf or rosemary. I want you to be careful though. I don't want to encourage anybody to like get willy nilly with lighting things on fire. (laughs) So be very careful with that. Take a grain of salt with that. Um, And then there are also uh, smudging sprays. So that are usually infused with things like sage that can really clear the energy of a space if you wanted to go a more kind of sustainable or ethical route as opposed to buying, you know, a sage from some of those not so savory sources. So those are also some practices that you can try to really clear the space. If you do use smudging or were to smudge some herbs, definitely make sure you have the windows open so that those energies can leave the space is very important. But that is that is what I would recommend. But thank you so much for submitting the question. I'm sending you so much love. I'm sending you virtual hugs. And I really hope that things get better. Okay, so we have one more voice note that we are going to feature for today before we get into the questions that were submitted via Instagram. So let's get into this last voice note. This is Jasmine. I am an aspiring podcaster myself, and I just want to tell you thank you so much for the work that you've done on your podcast. It's been nothing but life-changing and inspirational since I've come across it. You are amazing. You are inspirational. And, oh, I just aspire to be so much like you in so many ways. And I just wanted to tell you thank you for all the work that you've been putting in because it just really blesses my heart to know that there are people who think like me and to hear it from an older sister-like figure almost. It's just very, very, very comforting trying to figure out everything. I'm 22 years old, still figuring everything out. And I feel like you speak on a lot of things that I can relate to. But with that being said, I just wanted to ask you as an aspiring podcaster, I just started my podcast and I've been getting little wins and little successes and it just dawned on me that I don't really know what I would do if I really did get successful. I feel like it would be really overwhelming and this podcast was really to help me not live in fear anymore, operate in fear anymore I should say. So I just want to ask you like how did you deal with the success? Like how did you not let it over be overcoming oh overwhelming excuse me and cause you to be egotistical even like how did you navigate that? So thank you. Bye. Oh, Jasmine, thank you. What a lovely, lovely message to receive. I appreciate you. I think you are amazing. I'm honored to have you as an honorary little sister. And my goodness, I mean, at 22, you're already, you're already so wise and you're still so young. There are, there's so much to discover. There's so much in front of you that you will continue learning. I mean, I'm, I'm 10 years older than you. And I feel like the older I get, the more I realize, oh, I, I don't know things and that's, that's okay. That's a good thing. I get excited to learn. And so I'm really excited for you as you continue navigating adulthood, um, to embark on your own, journey of that, of discovery, of self-discovery, and uh, continuing to share your your wisdom with others. So congratulations on launching your podcast. Love it. And I love that you launched it to help move yourself through fear. I just think that is incredible. So huge kudos to you. And I just, I, I love, love, love to hear that. Love to hear that you took the action to do that. And I'm so proud of you. So 
I would love to talk a little bit more about, about your question. I am excited to hear that your podcast is picking up traction and that you are getting those wins. That is amazing. And I love that you're thinking about how to prepare yourself for incoming success. I think that that's really important. And I talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago in my solo episode about being patient while waiting for your manifestations to come in, kind of using that time as preparation. Although I realized that episode came out after you submitted this question. So you may have listened to that episode already and gotten some, some takeaways. It's very possible, but uh, I love that you are thinking about ways to really prepare yourself for this upcoming journey. And I think for everyone's platform, it's a little bit different. You know, as I've grown this podcast, it has happened very gradually. So there wasn't necessarily a moment where it was like one day I had nobody listening and then the next day it was a ton of people. It was every week, a few more and a few more and a few more until, you know, kind of where it is now. And it still is in that stage. It's still very scrappy. I definitely would not say that this is like the pinnacle of podcasting success by any means. But I think as an up and coming public figure, something that I would really recommend you start thinking about would just be understanding the ways in which you're okay with people having access to you. So for me, that is what I've felt to be kind of the most overwhelming part as people find your work and, and get acclimated to you is just how many people have access to you and how that feels energetically. Sometimes that can be a little bit overwhelming. When I first started podcasting, I just had this like Pollyanna it was truly one of the happiest times in my life, the happiest and also the hardest. During that time, I was going through a lot of personal turmoil, but I was so excited about this idea. I was so excited about this podcast. I knew exactly what I wanted to say. I knew exactly who I wanted to say it to. And I just felt so moved by that message that I just put my all into it. And while I'm so grateful to have grown it to be what it is today, I really think about that time when I first started so fondly because during that time I felt so fearless. There is a, a fearlessness that you can kind of have when fewer people are listening. Like when it was just my mom and a handful of my friends, <laughs> I felt pretty fearless. And then as more people start listening and, you know, a platform gets more attention, you do start becoming a little bit more conscious of, oh, I'm being perceived by people. I'm being perceived by people who don't know me and things can be taken out of context. And now people have access to me in all of these different ways. And so that is the part that, at least for me, has felt overwhelming. When I started this podcast, it was because I truly wanted to help. My intention was to truly create a space for Black women to have conversations that didn't feel accessible to me at that time. And I wanted to create a space where those conversations were being had. I wanted to further my wellness journey, being a wellness student, learning from people who understood my lived experience. And so the intention of that truly was to help. And so 
also when you grow and sometimes, you know, things don't land for people or things don't resonate and like, you know, that you have a heart to help, but maybe that just doesn't resonate for some people or it just isn't what they need. Feeling like you let people down can be really, really hard. And something that I've struggled with is hiding a lot. And I've talked a lot about this recently, particularly around the new artwork. I had a lot of back and forth about the new podcast artwork of whether to put my photo on it or not. Back when I first started the podcast, I had a janky artwork, janky artwork that I created in Canva. Okay. Going all the way back to like question number two, just start, like just put it out there. I didn't care that my photo was on it because I honestly didn't think that anybody was really going to listen. If we're being totally honest, (laughs) I don't know if I really thought people were truly going to listen to the podcast. And then as it started growing, I started having a lot of insecurity around being perceived and around being like, well, what if people think that I don't represent them well? Or what if people think that because I present myself a certain way, that that means that balanced black girl is only for X, Y, Z, even though that's not my intention. So I started pulling myself out of it. I stopped doing solo episodes for a really long time. I took myself off the artwork and had a little bit more of an anonymous situation happening. If you were to just stumble across the podcast and maybe didn't know my socials, it, it was kind of an anonymous situation. And I realized that I was doing myself and this platform a disservice by hiding in that way because I know what my intentions are. I know that I have a heart to help. I cannot make everybody happy, but hiding from the work that I'm creating is not doing anybody any favors. And so I'm I'm slowly coming around to putting more of myself in this work. And that also relates to what I was saying earlier about just the humor and showing up and bringing a little bit more of my own personality into it. But all of that to say, thinking about you as you are an up and coming podcaster, I just really want you to think about the ways in which you are comfortable with having people have access to you. And I want you to think about what your boundaries are in terms of what you're comfortable sharing, what you're not comfortable sharing. Um, you know, what opinions are you comfortable putting out there? What opinions do you maybe hold, but that do you want to keep to yourself? And you can kind of do reflection based off of that comfort that works for you. And I think that your answers to those questions and your comfort will evolve over time because you will evolve. We all evolve so much, but with you being 22, I mean, I think the rest of your 20s is such a time for evolution and we're all always evolving. I promise evolving doesn't stop once you're in your 30s, but your 20s is like so many quick evolutions in a very condensed time, which is why the 20s can feel very challenging. So you're going to evolve and your approach that you take to this is going to change. And I think just really allowing it to grow and breathe with you is going to be really important. And I also really loved the last part of your question just about ego. I just think that that's super interesting and good to be mindful of. I'll be honest, I have probably had the opposite problem. I have a tendency to be very hard on myself. And I actually think that as the podcast has grown, I get even harder on myself because I feel like the expectations are higher. So I don't know if I've necessarily felt like, oh, certain number of people listen to my podcast. That means that I can't be told nothing. Like 
I've honestly felt the opposite. I felt like, oh my gosh, now there's more people here and I have this duty to be even better and to deliver better and to make everything better. And it's actually caused me to put a lot of pressure on myself and I don't recommend that either. I don't think either end of the spectrum is ideal. I think finding that, no pun intended, balance and being really grounded and firmly rooted where you are is important when you're in that growth stage, being fully present and enjoying that growth and those wins. When you see a few more people listen every week and how exciting that is, it's so exciting. And when you reach a point of growth and you have maybe grown a consistent audience, being really rooted in that and feeling connected to that audience and being proud of that, but also remembering to approach it with a sense of humility is really important to do. And so whether that is, you know, um, thinking of the people that you want to help can keep you grounded. I know that definitely keeps me grounded. You know, when I get messages from you all about the ways that the podcast has helped you, it, it reminds me to stay grounded in why I do this. You know, having your friends and loved ones ready to reel you in if it does feel needed can go a really long way in, in keeping creatives grounded. But I would urge you to not go the route I did of being too hard on yourself as things grow and really letting yourself take up space along with your platform because you deserve it and you can take up space and you can own that and you can be proud of the work that you do and you can do that with humility and both of those things can exist at the same time. So thank you so much, Jasmine, again, for the the kind words and for the really thoughtful question. I really appreciate you sending it in and I wish you the best of luck with your podcast. I'm so, so proud of you for putting it out into the world. And I'm so excited to hear that you are growing and experiencing wins. All right. So that was the last voice note question. There are just a handful of questions that I have chosen from what was submitted to me via Instagram, which I love that too. Some of y'all are like, listen, Les, we'll leave the podcasting to you, but I still got this question (laughs) and I love it. I'm here for it. Listen, I appreciate it. So uh, as for the written questions, The first question was, how do you recognize and process your limiting beliefs? Which I think is such a great question. I will be fully honest, in my current season of life, I don't know if I think about limiting beliefs super often. I think just because I have so much practice identifying them, I'm able to kind of identify them and act accordingly and adjust pretty quickly. But I think if you're still becoming familiar with the concept of a limiting belief, um, or you have concerns or feeling particularly held back by limiting beliefs, I think that your journaling practice can be a really great way to explore that. And when I was beginning to understand limiting beliefs, that was really what I used to explore. So when I found that I was having limiting beliefs come up, I would write down the scenario. What was the belief that was happening? Are there any that have been recurring that I can recognize? If I'm looking through my journal, have I been writing about the same fear day after day or every couple of days? What are the patterns here? Were there certain things that triggered them? So if you notice that you have limiting belief come up, does it happen at work? Does it happen in your relationships? Does it happen on a certain project? What is triggering that limiting belief? And 
from there, can you identify the root cause? And I think just asking yourself those questions, I like to do it in my journal because I like to process things by writing them down. Answering those questions for yourself and continuing to reflect on that each time you feel those limiting beliefs come up can be a really good way to recognize and process. And to also remember that limiting beliefs are your brain trying to keep you safe. It is your brain trying to keep you safe. It's saying, actually, we maybe did a version of this and I didn't like how that turned out last time. So I'm going to keep you exactly where you are because I don't want you to get hurt. And while that's great for maybe keeping you safe for like the psychological, you know, threat that your brain perceives, it's not always the best for growth. So also really looking at ways you can remind yourself that you are safe, that it is okay to take this step, that it is okay to take this risk uh, can also be really helpful for helping you move past those limiting beliefs once you recognize them. The next question I got was, hi, Les, how do you honor yourself? I love this question. So lately I've been honoring myself by giving myself time to turn off my brain more. So on Instagram, I've been sharing the romance novels that I've been reading if you follow my me on Instagram, you can check it out. I actually have a highlight on my profile called books. And there I am documenting all of the books that I'm reading this year. I know there are so many apps that can do that and you can rate things and that's great. But like, that's a little bit more work than I'm willing to do right now. For me, it's easier <laughs> to just post an IG story with my little thoughts on the book, add it to the highlight and move on to the next. Um, but I realized my whole adult life, I've been solely reading business or self-help books that were not only dry <laughs> and boring and kind of hard to get through, but I just didn't enjoy them. And it was taking me forever to read these books. I mean, I was reading maybe four books a year because it was take all quarter, it would take me to get through this dry book that I just wasn't that interested in, but I was reading it because some successful white dude read it and recommended it or whatever. And so finally, I just was like, you know, no, I'm not into this. I've tapped back into my love of reading from when I was younger, and I've been reading fiction, largely romance novels, and it has honestly been so healing. I've just been getting lost in a story. It doesn't have to be productive. I don't have to gain a strategy or a tip or a tactic. I can just enjoy the story. And that has been a way that I've been honoring myself lately. It's been so much fun. It has really helped me just feel more calm and centered. And it just has been such a nourishing practice. So I'm telling you, romance novels are it. They're so fun to read. They can get a little spicy too, but you know, I'm here for a good time. I hope my 15-year-old friend isn't, isn't listening <laughs> to that part. Uh, I've also been honoring myself by acknowledging my own limits more. So not in a limiting beliefs kind of way. We just talked about that, but in a girl, you can only do so much kind of way. As I talked about in the intro, uh, I've been experiencing a lot of challenges in my business. I have, I just have had a lot of disappointments. I've had a lot of obstacles I've come against. It has just, it's been challenging. And I know that I will get through those challenges, but I'm realizing that I can only do so much, that I can only do so much without help, that I can only do so much 
on my own. And recently I was talking to a friend and they encouraged me to ask the question, what would I do if my choices were only affecting me? So I've been asking myself that a lot more and it's really helping me find my footing with these challenges that I'm going through in my business because I realize my business is so focused on other people and the audience and who am I helping and what am I delivering and adding value that I'm also forgetting to add value to myself. And if it's creating stress and if it's creating just this angst and all of these feelings, that's not adding value to me. And if it were only affecting me, I wouldn't be doing any of it if I'm being totally honest. And so it doesn't mean that I'm going to stop, but it means that I'm going to approach it differently, that I'm understanding my limits and that I'm getting more comfortable asking for help. So romance novels and doing fewer things are how I'm honoring myself. The next question is, uh, what are helpful apps that can help you with rituals? Love the word choice of rituals. Y'all, if you listen to Reframing the Reset, you know I love a ritual. I'll be honest, I'm not a big app girl. I mean, I think it depends on what rituals you are looking to implement. I love a pen and a piece of paper. My journal is the best tool that I have for writing down my thoughts, writing down my prayers, writing down my affirmations, my gratitude, my brain dumps so that you know I can have less stuff floating around in my head. That has been my most significant ritual. But now that I think about it, if I were to look at some of my other rituals, movement and note-taking and stuff like that, I do use some apps. So I would say my favorite meditation apps or apps for my meditation rituals would be Insight Timer. I love Insight Timer because there's so many free meditations there and their teachers are just amazing. There's so many teachers. There's so many black women teachers, new meditations being added every day, thousands of meditations available on the free version of Insight Timer. So that's the one that I reach for the most. Headspace is also great. If you live in Los Angeles or LA County, I think they're still doing this, but LA County residents can actually get a free Headspace membership. If you Google like LA County Headspace, or if I find the link, I'll put it in the show notes you can uh, get a comped subscription to Headspace as well. So Headspace is also a great app for meditations. When I'm thinking about workouts and movement, because that's another important ritual for me, I really like the Peloton app for yoga. Just really, really great. I don't pay for that. I have a friend who has a Peloton and she let me set up an account on her app. So if you have a friend who has Peloton, who has some room on their account, you can do that. And I do it from my phone. I set it up on my TV and it's great. I love the yoga classes there specifically. I'm not, I'm not a huge stationary bike girl, but then for strength training and Pilates, I really love the Obey Fitness app. They just have really, really great mat Pilates classes. Pilates has really been my jam lately in terms of movement because it just feels really healing and nourishing. There's an instructor on Obey named Marcia, and I'm obsessed with her. Usually every Friday morning, I take my mat Pilates class with Marcia on Obey. 
and she's amazing and I'm obsessed with her and she cracks me up. So Obey Fitness is great for that. Uh, and then for all of my goal setting, finances, projects, business, because I also see that as ritual. I kind of see everything we do as ritual. I use Notion. I use Notion for all of that and I absolutely love it. I plan to come out with some Notion templates for you all later this year, maybe a shared Notion hub with some of my favorite templates. So I'm working on that. I just realized that all of my stuff just has all my personal information all up in it. And I just haven't had time to clean it up and make templates out of it. But I will be sharing those so that you can get into Notion as well, because I just think it's an amazing tool. So that's what I would say. Insight Timer, Headspace, Obey Fitness app, Peloton app, and Notion are some of my favorites. And then if you have an iPhone, something else that you can do that I absolutely love would be the new do not disturb settings. So I have different do not disturb settings for my morning routine, and it makes the only apps that are available to me, my meditation apps and my workout apps. I have a deep work do not disturb, and I basically just turn off all of my apps. So when I really need to focus, I then turn off my notifications and I can't access any of my apps. So that's not necessarily a particular app, but I found that it's really helped me be focused with my rituals by only giving me access on my phone to the things I need when I need them. So highly recommend doing that if you have an iPhone. All right, we have one last question. And this might be my favorite question because it is my favorite thing to talk about. And that last question is, how do you stay committed to your wellness rituals on the days when you don't feel like it? That is a great question. So a lot of my wellness rituals I have been doing for so long that they truly feel like second nature. However, there are some things, even though I've been doing them for so long, I still don't feel like doing. And for me, movement is probably one of those things. Even as much as I love working out, as much as I love moving my body, as much as I love going for walks, I still have to convince myself to get up and do it very often. I have to kind of coax myself into it. But I found that really automating these behaviors as much as you can can really help. I don't know if you've read Atomic Habits yet, but that was where I learned about the habit loop, which is really, really helpful for making those behaviors automatic. So the habit loop is essentially when you have a cue or it's like a visual trigger that reminds you of the action you want to take. When you see that cue or that trigger, you do the action. And then after you do the action, you give yourself some sort of reward. So that could mean if you're trying to implement a movement practice, maybe you have a goal of intentional movement five days a week. So maybe your cue for that would be setting out your workout clothes the night before. When you wake up in the morning and you see those workout clothes, that's your cue. It triggers you to put on your workout clothes, which tells your brain it's time to start exercising. You do the exercise and let's say you for one week get all five days of your movement in. Then you would give yourself some sort of reward, some sort of incentive that you would really appreciate to kind of reinforce that behavior. That's just an example of how you could use the habit loop to start to make those behaviors more automatic. The other thing I would say is what is one super low-hanging fruit practice that you can do each and every day that's 
truly a non-negotiable, but that is not going to require a ton of effort. So for me, that's meditating and reading. There are some days I don't feel like working out and I just don't. And there are some days I don't feel like going for a walk and I just don't. But each and every day, because meditating and reading are something that I can do with very low energy, those are like my non-negotiables that I still aim to do every day. Day. So I also recommend identifying what are some of those low energy wellness rituals that you can do even when your energy is low so that you still feel taken care of. You still don't feel like you're forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do, but you are still getting some of that good care in. So I hope that helps. Let me know if that wasn't clear. I realized I explained the habit loop portion kind of quickly. I can also maybe do something on social media to talk about it a little bit more, maybe something visual that might be more helpful than hearing it. But I think just starting with one low energy practice that is like a non-negotiable is a great way to start and then building from there. All right. Those were all of the questions I got today. This was a long episode. (laughs) I didn't realize how long this episode was, but I loved getting to hear your questions. I loved getting to talk directly to you. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for being a part of this community and for holding me up the way you do. Y'all truly are the reason I have done this for so long. And regardless of what the future holds, just know that I love and appreciate each and every one of you and your support so, so much. So next week, we are beginning our new life series, all about bringing new life into the world, all about bringing new ideas into the world. We're talking about fertility. We're talking about motherhood. We're talking about ways that we can support the people in our lives who are having children and bringing life into the world. We're talking about birthing new ideas into the world, reproductive health, so many important topics to touch on. So if you are not subscribed, please make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen so that you don't miss these conversations. It's the most important series I think that I've ever produced to date. It's one that I am incredibly proud of and I cannot wait to share these conversations with you. So please make sure that you tune in to next week as we kick off our new life series. I want to give a huge thanks to our sponsors for this week's episode. We will have all of the discount code information linked in the show notes to make it really easy for you to find our partners. And if there are partners that we have whose products you like, please y'all use the discount codes. That's how our sponsors know that you learned about them through Balance Black Girl. So it really, really does help. And if you haven't yet already, make sure you leave a rating and a review if you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you next week.